welcome back to the Pause Podcast. Today we are on day four, four. of our 30-day walk through the book of Exodus. And if you're just joining us now, we're on chapter three. We've sort of been working our way through chapter by chapter. Um, we want to stop and mention our mission here at the Pause Podcast is as always, to carve out some space mm-hmm. for you to pause and take care of your soul. So that's what we're going to do today as we're working through chapter three. So before we dive into, Lindsay's going to read chapter three for us, um, but I feel like we should give a quick recap. Mm-hmm. Some of the plot points that happened in chapter two that we didn't cover yesterday, a lot happened in chapter yes. two. And we had a cool discussion, um, but we we missed a couple of things. It moves pretty quickly it in chapter quickly. two. So Moses grows up uh, in the palace Mm -hmm. after being pulled out of the water by Pharaoh's daughter, Um, like seemingly is fine with that and has no conflict between being a Hebrew raised by Egyptians. Like they Mm -hmm. don't mention that at all. And then all of a sudden though- He knows he's an Israelite. He's an adult. Yeah. And he goes, he steps outside, whatever, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and sees two Egyptians, no, two Israelites fighting. He sees two Hebrew men fighting and- he tries to pull them apart, tries to stop them in, oh no, this isn't right. He sees an Egyptian like beating a, an Israelite. You're so, right. Yes. So then he yes. interferes and kills the Egyptian. He kills the Egyptian, mm-hmm. buries him in the sand, mm-hmm. assumes that no one saw him. Yeah. But then later he sees two Israelites. It's like two Hebrews fighting, right? Yes. And good. he tries mm-hmm. to break them up and then they make this like snide little comments like, yeah. Like who are like who are you to step in here? First of all, what are you gonna do? Kill me like you did the Egyptian? And he's like, like dun dun dun. Oh, like snap. everybody knows. Yeah. So then he is terrified. He finds out that Pharaoh knows and that Pharaoh's pissed, and so he leaves. Mm. He flees to the wilderness. Yeah. Apparently, and he ends up in a place called Midian. Mm-hmm. And apparently, he meets a nice lady there, Zipporah. Named Zipporah. <laughs> yeah. And. Um, settles down with her, and he's mm-hmm. like fine with living in Midian, apparently. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to chapter, chapter three. three. Okay. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. Oh, wait, I have to say... Yes. I'll link out to it in the notes. I wanted to use information from this and I just, I, it, there's so much of it and it's so good. So the Bible Project, which is a resource Lindsay and I both yes. love, have this series about trees in the Bible and the significance so of good. trees. And it's so good. And they have a whole episode about this story, mm-hmm. specifically about this burning quote unquote bush. Um, it's a tree it's a specific type of tree that's not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. Anyways, there's this really, there's like so much significance and symbolism in this one short story that I couldn't even like begin to go into. And they go into it in such depth and such analysis of both the symbolism and the significance um, biblically, but also um, as as literary devices mm-hmm. that the writers of the Bible, they say are like literary geniuses, the way that they use mm. symbolism and the way that they repeat themes and the way that they juxtapose different words. And mm-hmm. um, they do a lot of wordplay and it's really, really, really beautiful once you start to identify 
these themes throughout the Bible. Anyways, cool. I can't do it justice, but I, I'm going to link out to it in the show notes because I think everyone in the world should listen to it, especially yes. um, if we're gonna as we're diving into chapter three. Yes. Sorry, go on no, to the okay. bush. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, Moses called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Prezerites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. So he's Jebusites. referencing that co- covenant that you were talking yes, about. Yes, yes. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain." Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. Ooh. Okay. So so that is so good. But also it also makes me laugh because I can't help in my Bible. I don't know if it's like this in every Bible, but it's all in caps. I am Mm -hmm. who I am is always in caps in my Bible. And it makes me laugh because I can't help but hear it in Stanley Hudson's voice (laughs) from The Office. (laughs) You know the episode where he's like, I said what I said or whatever. He's like, like, I am who I am. Did I stutter? (laughs) I hear it like that. So God said to Moses, I am who I am. (laughs) Like I can't help but read it like that. That's so good. Um, I don't know how to continue after that. Did I stutter? <laughs> Go say that to the people of Israel. Oh. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob has appeared to me saying, I've observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt. And I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Prezerites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. And they will listen to your voice and you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. And now please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord, our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. After that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you shall not go empty. 
But each woman shall ask of her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for silver and gold jewelry and jewelry and for clothing. You shall put them on your sons and on your daughters. So you shall plunder the Egyptians. I find that such a random note at the very end mm-hmm. that he's like, by the time I'm done with them, the Egyptians will be like giving you their things and being like, just get out of here. <laughs> but that he yeah. says like, you'll just like, it's so audacious. He's like, just go ask him. Go ask yeah, them for all their jewels. And, oh, yeah. Like, and they'll just give it to you. God's just like, just go ask them. <laughs> okay. So um, my first note. So Lindsay and I have mes- mentioned before that we use the Blue Letter Bible app. Yes. Um, so good. Constantly. Yep. Um, so I was reading it in preparation for this season. I was reading um, a few of the commentaries um, on this chapter. So a commentary is people much smarter than us, Yes, who have studied the Bible, who know all these languages, and who write their comments on it, yep. like mm-hmm. any sort of commentary. I guess that's self-explanatory. That's um, so I was reading a couple of different commentaries, just trying to learn a little bit more. Um, and Matthew Henry, who's sort of an old school commentator, yeah. he writes in a little bit of old English, which is really poetic and beautiful, but yes. sometimes I'm like, what are you saying? <laughs> so he highlighted this verse specifically. Um, and he was explaining, and I thought it was a really nice thought that sometimes it's necessary for us to turn aside mm. to examine something wondrous in order for God to call to us, um, that we can get so mm. busy and caught up in our day to day that like yeah. something wonderful has to happen. And then when we turn off of our like, like daily busyness and we turn off to the side and we're like, Hey, what's that? A tree on fire, but not burning down. And then God's like, Hey, now that I have your, your attention. attention which is really interesting. So he, I'm mm. quoting from his commentary here. He says, divine calls are then effectual, number one, when the spirit of God makes them particular and calls us by name. The word calls out, like the word of God calls out, ho, ho, like such old school English, ho, everyone. The spirit by the application of that calls, ho, such a one, I know thee by name. Mm. Um, and then he says, his second bullet point, divine calls are then effectual. Number two, when we return an obedient answer to them, as Moses here says, here am I, what saith my Lord to his servant? Here am I, not only to hear what is said, but to do what I am bidden. Um, so this made me really grateful for the exercise, actually, that we did for chapter one, mm. um, when we... Um, sat in the things that make us uncomfortable. Yes. Um, Just this concept that the Bible speaks to us all. The Mm -hmm. Word of God speaks to everyone, but that the Spirit speaks to us each individually. That's good, yep. Um, And that God calling to us is only effectual when we're paying attention to the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. Um, but also, as he said, when we return an obedience and we're like, yeah, I'm right here. And like, what a gift and an opportunity that, I mean, you and I have with this podcast and with Quiet Time in general that all of us have to turn aside from our work and our busyness and to observe phenomena. And that in that time of listening, when God mm. calls out to us, we get to say, I'm right here. Mm. Like we get to say like, yep, I'm here. I'm right here. Present. Yeah. I'm present. I'm mindful. Mm. Um, so that just made me really grateful for that time that we had created yeah. and that we do create. Um, it was a nice note. So That's secondly, really cool. the other thing I was thinking about, yeah, um, like chapter 11 this was my this is my favorite and I've been thinking about it for months now. So I love so God, you know, he speaks to him from the bush and he's like, I I am the God of your forefathers, and he like makes this big pronouncement and he's like, I'm gonna use you, Moses, mm. to take my people out of slavery. Mm. 
And Moses asks like a pretty pretty fair logical, question. Fair yeah. question. He's like, wait, why me? And I'm sure he's thinking, maybe I'm putting words in his mouth. I'm sure he's like, I'm not even really one of them. Hmm. They probably see me like I'm not I'm kind of like I'm not Egyptian, but I'm also not Hebrew. Yeah. Um I grew up in a palace away from them. I'm this the grandson of the person who's making their life miserable. Mm. Why would they ever listen to me? Probably you should send someone who's well respected in their circles. I feel like I was thinking about it. I was like, what would be like a modern day parallel? And it might be too soon for this joke, but I'm just gonna go for it. So it would be like, I think, if um Archie, is that his name? Um Megan and Harry's son, Prince Harry, oh. Meghan Markle. Way too soon. <laughs> Wait, that even left done. the throne. I'm just okay. <laughs> so, in the news now, it's March 2020 for us. Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have um, abdicated. I don't know if that's the yeah. correct mm-hmm. word. Have oh, yeah. technically abdicated. They've given up their royal titles in England. He is the. Prince in He's England. Like one of the princes line. in England. He's like fourth yeah. in line for the throne. I mean, and his that, wife, Me- yeah. Meghan Markle, they've decided they no longer want to be royals. They've given up their titles and they've moved to Canada. And they have a little son, Archie, and he's one of the big reasons they moved. They say they don't want him to live in the spotlight. They're tired of Paparazzi, all the pressure or whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. It would be like if Archie grows up in Canada and then someday moves back to Great Britain and like runs for prime minister. Mm-hmm. They would all be like, hello, yeah. but no. Yeah. You don't know who we are. You don't know yeah. what's important to us. You didn't grow up here. Yeah. You don't know what we've suffered. You don't know, like, yeah. you're Canadian. And he'd be like, no. I actually. I'm, oh, I'm British. And they'd be like, no, you're not. You're that's Canadian. funny. I actually see, I viewed Moses's position as like a little differently. Like, I think it gives him tremendous credibility. In what way? Because he, he is an Israelite. Um, that's who he is. That's in his blood. That's his family. But also he grew up an Egyptian. And so he's literally has the perspective of both. I think he's perfectly uniquely positioned for exactly what God's asking him to do. In a way he is, but don't you, like, I think, I understand his hesitancy here. Where oh, he's 100%. Like, I think that's why he yes. like double and triple checks with God. He's like, but what if they ask me this? But what if yes. they ask me that? Like, these people are not going like, to go for this. They're not going to trust me. No one Whatever, like unique his situation, and he yeah. can't see this. Like I would answer the same way as he, yeah, yeah. but like looking, I'm like, he's an Israelite in the Egyptian courts. That's mm-hmm. insane, and so like it gives. I think it gives credibility. That's yeah, but no, I totally I hear see what you're saying. He yeah, is yeah, yeah. very uniquely qualified, but in a way that he definitely could definitely see. can't. And see. He knows he knows it. that these people aren't going to be able to see. Yeah, because that's a humility. huge part of this narrative is the people, the Hebrew people coming to trust Moses, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and coming oh, yeah. to trust his authority and leadership. Yes. And God yep. keeps being like, "No, nah, this is my chosen one." They're yeah. like, "Are you sure?" Because we hate him. <laughs> <laughs> and God's like, "No, for real." <sighs> Anyways, so Moses. Is kind of like God's like, I've chosen you. You're the one. And he's like, really? Like, and then he says, who am I yep. that you would choose me to lead your people out? And I kind of love that, you know, Moses is floundering around here. He's looking for purpose and affirmation. Like, I think he's kind of yes. 
I like to think that he's hoping God's like, listen, exactly what you just said. Yes. Here's how you're so uniquely qualified for this. Yep. Here's how I've been preparing you your whole life. Boom, 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 boom. Here's your like whole resume of why I've chosen you. Yep. You're so great, Moses, you sweet little snowflake. Here's why you're so great and special and awesome. <laughs> and God doesn't say that at all. He's not like, mm-hmm. you're brave and you're strong and I chose you. You're wise. You're so perfect. Here's all the good things. He's like, Moses is like, who am I for this job? And God doesn't say anything about mm. Moses at all or about his qualifications. Moses asks, who am I? And God answers, not even an answer, but at the same time, like such an answer. He says, I'll be with you. Gosh, that's so good. Moses like, who am I? And he's like, I'll be with with you. you. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so good because it's like, in in a way, he's answering everything that Moses needs to know. Yeah, that's- Moses is like, who am I? And God's like, well, you're a person that I'll be with. Mm. Do you need to really know anything else? And that's it, right? Mm -hmm. That's all any of us needs to know. Like, sure, we're all born with unique gifts Mm -hmm. and talents and things that come easily to us and our stories by God's incredible mercy and provision prepare us exactly for the things that he calls us to. But at the end of the day, we're the girls for the job. Mm -hmm. Anyone is the person for the job they've been called to, first of all. Because God tells us to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and second of all, because he goes with us, like, period. That's who any of us are. End of sentence. Yes, that's good. So he's like, who am I? And God's like, I'll um, be with you. you. <laughs> I love that. So it's just like, he's so clear. He's like, don't get this twisted. Like, this is going to be the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a struggle for you mm. to, people are going to question you. And they do for the rest of Moses' life. These people come at him and they're like, are you sure you're qualified? And I think if God had responded to Moses in that moment and been like, here's all the things you're good at, Mm -hmm. it maybe would have written a different story and a different identity and a different place for him to stand. Mm. And Moses would have shot back at these people like, I'm a good leader. And he is. Yes. Here's why I'm so good. But instead, like he'll always come back to the people and be like, God's with us. God's with me. God's with me. And it's like, that's the answer he's supposed to give them. I'm a person that God goes with. That's good. So God's presence, he tells Moses and he tells us all, is our ultimate qualification and identity. Mm. That's good. I was just like, in my reading of the entire book of Exodus, I was just constantly overwhelmed by this theme, God with his people. And we sort of touched on this a lot already. The people that God dwells with, the God who dwells among his people, like that's these names they continue to throw around, continue Mm -hmm. to throw back and forth. It's how God introduces himself And it's the name that he spends pretty much the whole rest of the book of Exodus reminding them to remember. Yeah. Like, I am Jehovah. I am the God Mm -hmm. who is with you. I am who I am. Mm -hmm. And you're Israel. Like, he named them Israel back when Jacob was doing his thing in Genesis. And Israel Mm -hmm. literally means to wrestle with God, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really fascinating that right at the beginning, he's like, this is who you guys are going to be. Like, we're going to spend. Yep centuries locked in a wrestling match Mm. as you're learning to trust me. You're learning to trust Moses. You're learning to trust who you are. But at the end of the Mm. day, you are people that I am with and that's who you are. Yep. And who am I? I am Mm. who I am. (laughs) I'm with you. And that identity that he puts on them and that he like asserts himself as that informs their actions for the rest. It should inform their actions. Mm -hmm for the rest of the book and it informs yeah. his expectations of them and of himself for the yeah. rest of the book. Yeah. It's I am who I am. And it's so personal like, you know, this is when he's named he names himself as Yahweh. 
Yeah. And that's how, like, and you've said it, just that that's how they come to know him. And it's so personal. And that's what makes God so unique, um, especially in this context of like Egyptian gods, is that he is personal and he wants to know them and be in a relationship with them. And the same for us. He's the same God. (laughs) Just, it's cool to kind of wrap your mind around. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Me too. All right. Let's do some discussion questions. Have you ever had a time where you felt called to something before you were quote unquote prepared or quote unquote qualified? Uh, all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I probably constantly fight against this or battle this because I like to. Be, I'm a preparedness. I'm a prepared person. Yeah. Um, and so I think when I felt called to be a pastor and to um, tell people about Jesus. Um, and maybe I'm trying to think, maybe just like to speak in general, mm-hmm. um, that felt very much like, um, I don't really know what I'm doing or how I'm doing it. And I had to have, when other people would affirm me, it felt very much like, um, okay, maybe I'm on the right track, you know? Mm-hmm. And so maybe yeah. I'm doing this right. So that would be one, I think just like calling in general yeah, <laughs> where yeah. I feel called to be a pastor. I feel called to work in the church. I feel called to speak. I feel called to tell people about Jesus, um, called to point people towards him. And some of that feels natural. And some of that I'm like, I hope you're going to, I know you're with me and I hope you give me the strength. And so um, I always feel there are moments, this is just like an aside, but when I feel like I have to remind myself, this is like God's strength and not my own, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Cause sometimes yeah. I think I can do everything, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I have to be like, okay, when I, this is this is not my strength and not my um, dependency on my own abilities. Mm, yeah. And so sometimes those moments are really terrifying, but that's when I can be like, all right, I'm going in. God, you with me? You yeah. know, and he's like, yeah, I got it. I got you, you know, and yeah. I'm surprised not by my own ability, but I'm surprised by, or just he like takes over, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, I don't know if that answer made sense, but yeah. No, that's it totally yeah. made sense. What about you? Um. I mean, ironically, this the process of this podcast in general yeah. has been um, such a high, high, high for me, and a low, low at times. Um, and it's all be, it's all wrapped up in this concept of identity. I wrote about this a little bit on our Instagram page when we first um, yeah. started. I had like that Kanye quote. Yeah, um, yeah. I when I first started concepting the podcast, the first the first thing that I heard a lie was that you're not qualified for this. Mm -hmm. Like, who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. Like, you're not qualified for this. You're not smart enough. Mm -hmm. You're not um, old enough. You're not studied enough. You haven't been to seminary. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not male enough. You know what I mean? It's just like, all I could hear was just this roar of um, things that made me unqualified. And I just, I immediately was super discouraged. I was just like, shoot, you know, I thought that was a good idea. Um, And I just like the Lord was so kind and spoke so um, affirmingly to me when he could have just been like, I am who I am. Go because I told you to. But he like, in a a way he did, like the message that he continued to bring to me was like, the only qualification that you need and have is that you're a person who needs Jesus and you're good at that. And like, like the vision that we had for the podcast was so clear that we wanted to be a companion, that we wanted to be all the things that come naturally to me that I never would have seen as a qualification Mm. is just like a person who's like pretty good at being honest about all the ways that I am 
needing Jesus. Like that's in a weird way, in a God way, like what qualifies me for exactly what I'm doing. Yep. Um, And I'm not saying it as maybe as concisely as I did in the post. So maybe I'll just link out to the post as my answer. Yeah. And maybe to flip this question, um, sometimes there are moments where I can look around to other people and I'd be like, I want to do this. Mm. And God's like, that's not what I've called you to. Yeah. I prepared and qualified you for exactly what you're doing now. Yeah. You know, and so kind of the flip that I'll I'll compare maybe yeah. or just be like, oh, that looks so nice over there. You know, yeah. and this is hard what I'm doing. God's like, but calling, remember, like I haven't called you there. I've called you where you are mm. and prepared you for what you're doing right here. So yeah. um, that just, when you were talking, I was like, yeah, that got me thinking about there are times when I'm like, I want to, where am I supposed to be? And mm-hmm. God's like, no, no, right in front of you, you yep. know, and like, you're on the right track, you know what I mean? Yep. So, um, but I hear, uh, when you hear that lie, I hear, um, or, or Jesus will say to me like, but that's not what I'm asking you to do. Mm-hmm. That's a line that I constantly hear. Cause I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Or am I, should I be over there? He's you like, know, and he's like, yes. He's like, no, that's <laughs> yeah. not what I'm asking you to do. Yeah. And it's like kind and it's gentle, like, but yeah, it reminds me. It's yeah, not. it's never, yeah, yeah. You're not qualified for that. Yeah. Yeah. But I've never asked you to never, do that. But I've yeah. never asked you. Yeah. And so he's yeah. like, that's not what I'm asking you to do. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So that's how, that's what I hear. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that actually leads me to the yeah. second question. Um, what we're sort of describing, I guess, could be also described as imposter syndrome. Yeah, unpack that. Imposter syndrome is so interesting. So I guess I don't know the official yeah. the official definition of it, but yeah. it's this, uh, most of us will experience this many times in our lives. Um, it's basically the feeling that I don't belong. You get to a place where mm-hmm. your circumstances have brought you to and that you're seemingly qualified for by by the way you ended up there. Like a lot of people would experience it maybe at college. You get to college and you start to feel like, what am I doing here? All these people are so smart. That person was at the top of their class. Like all these people took all these AP classes before they got here. And I graduated in a class of nine at a small Christian school in Massachusetts. That's Mm. just an example. (laughs) (laughs) And that's like, that's imposter syndrome. You start to feel like, like, I don't belong here. Everyone probably think like, it's the feeling that you're a fraud and that everyone knows it. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, I think, one of the tools that um, the enemy uses against a lot of us. When we're called into positions mm-hmm. um, of power or authority before we're, quote unquote, qualified in the way that whoever decides qualifications decides yeah. on, it's one of the ways that um, our own negative thinking keeps us down. Yeah. It's like, no, you yeah. don't belong here. Everyone thinks you're a fraud. And yeah. It's like, but that's not, that's not how we're qualifying ourselves. That's not the identity that we're... Mm-hmm. We're judging ourselves against. Yeah. So does imposter syndrome have a place in the kingdom of God? How do we balance reverence for our calling and for like the excellent work we want to be mm-hmm. doing with boldness in like saying yes? Mm-hmm. There's got to be humility connected to that. There's a um, a really good leadership book, and I'm not remembering the name, but he talked about, um, oh, Incarnate Leadership, Bill Robinson. It's a great book. If you haven't read it, it's great. But he talks about this, like, um, and he describes humility in a certain way uh, where it's this exact thing where it's like, humility doesn't mean hiding your gifts or being timid with it or being timid with understanding of the presence of God is with you, mm-hmm. but it's walking forward boldly. And so it's like balancing that tension. Yeah. Um, I don't think imposter syndrome has a place in the kingdom. 
Um, because I think it's like, because it's it's this shaming, right? It's like you don't belong is essentially mm-hmm. what it's saying, um, which is not at all what the kingdom is like defined by. Um, so I don't think so. That's my personal opinion. But I think it comes down to, too, sorry, um, how do we balance reverence with boldness? It's got to be what you're listening to. It's got to be the the listening, coming back to episode two, um, it's like, are we listening to the voice that tells us that we belong, right? Yeah. And that we can walk forward with humility um, because that's what God's called us to. But also remembering that he's the one that grounds us and calls us. Yeah. Maybe. So I don't know if that makes sense. No, it did. I mean, I had a note here and I feel like it's kind of summarized what you just yeah. said, that in one short speech, God tells Moses that he'll go with him, but also to not come near, that he needs to take, take off up, his shoes. Mm, that like, no, ground. take this seriously. Like this yes. is holy work that we're calling you to. Yes. But like also... Go do it because I'm with you. Because yes, <laughs> like that, yeah. that balance. Yeah, that's good. I, I feel like, and I'm remembering now. The reason that I used a Kanye quote in that that mm. post that I was talking yeah. about, there was this big discussion going on at the time because it's when Kanye had just started his Sunday services things. Yeah, and people were kind of like Christians were up in arms about it. They were like, "How is this guy allowed to be a representative mm. of God? Like, how is he allowed to preach the gospel? That seems like that shouldn't be allowed." And it's like. And I would get into these discussions with my friends, like, why Why wouldn't he be? God mm. told him to go preach the gospel. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Why? Just because he has a private jet, he's not allowed to? Because he used to, mm-hmm. because he That's used to so be good. like, yeah. he used to like, he used to rap about yeah. fornication. Yeah. Like, well. Does that disqualify him? Does it yeah. disqualify him? Yeah. And like, if like, we're putting it in that context, if God appeared to Kanye, said, here's what you need to do. Take off your shoes. I've got a mission for you. Here's who you are. I'm going to go with you. Now just go do it. And he's like, okay. Mm. He does it. And it's like sweeping across our culture. I know. Is, yeah. And, you know, yep. the assumption is, if we're giving him the benefit of the doubt, that he's just listening to what God tells him to do. And it makes him sound insane. <laughs> yes. Um, if we're not giving him the benefit of the doubt, it's like, well, it's just another way to get attention. Mm-hmm. And he shouldn't be allowed to represent us until he's like a more mature Christian. But like, why, why is that the qualification? Mm, that's good. And yeah, I think it's that good. people feel that tension between reverence and excellence and obedience and calling. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Just food for thought. I guess yeah. I don't have any like profound thought on it, but. Yeah. I like to think like <laughs> the more I've found into your podcast story, the more that I feel called to something, the louder the lies are. Mm, yeah. And um, so that's when I know I'm probably doing it right or on the right track. So um, like, you know, I'll share when I felt called to be a pastor and to go through, you have to go through order, ordination process. I think across like at any church in any denomination, but mine um, is unique to the church I um, pastor uh, for. But um, I the lies were so loud. It was during the process. During the process yeah. was insane, and I actually had to do a lot of dismantling of a lot of the lies and um, the shame and all of that. Lies saying that you weren't qualified. Yeah, or like, or... what am I doing? I'm gonna fail, which is what a type one um, lie as well. And um, so it was really actually the calling actually turned out to be or the path and the process turned out to be like a vehicle through which I could dismantle the lies I think I've always lived Which is really powerful and that's kind of a gift in its own way. Exactly. Because at the time I had pastors and mentors 
um, speaking to me and telling me, affirming me mm-hmm. and speaking like life and saying, hey, you're doing a great job. This is just like speaking words of life. But then I had this other side that was like, what are you doing? Stop. Um, you you shouldn't be doing this or you're not enough enough, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I remember I had this moment where I was like, somebody's lying. Yeah. yeah, yeah Someone yeah. is lying. And is it people that I trust who have been in my life, who are mentors to me, who I know are listening to the spirit of God, or is it this voice in my brain, this shame or this like condemnation? And so mm. I had to choose and I had to kill the one that wasn't real. And yeah. so anyway, so it was cool. Um, that, but I think that the, when you're called to something good and right, that it can be loud. So anyway, yeah, yeah, that was a a, good point. Yeah. Okay. So let's, um, let's move into our mindfulness portion. Let's do it. Um, so Matthew Henry, the guy, the commentator that I referenced before, uh, he thought it was worth noting that God didn't speak to Moses until he had already turned aside from his path to observe the burning bush. It doesn't say that God was in the bush and was like, hey, Moses, over here. And Moses is like, what? A bush? It's that he had already turned aside on the path. So it just made me start thinking, is it possible that there are phenomena in our lives burning on the side of our busy days that we're just kind of choosing to ignore? And if that's true, what would happen if we turned to the side to examine them, if we paused if we would hear God's voice and have the opportunity to say, here I am right here. I'm in the present. I'm right here right now. Like what would happen? What would we learn? What would he call us to? How would he speak to us? So I'm hoping we can do that today with our time. So let's get in a comfortable position, settle down, close your eyes if you're able to. And let's start by just taking a few deep breaths And as you're breathing, it may help to uncross your limbs or to unclench your jaw and let your shoulders drop down away from your ears. And as we're continuing to breathe deeply, on an exhale, let's invite the Holy Spirit to make us aware of the significance or a direction in our life that we may have overlooked in all of our busyness. So essentially, ask the Holy Spirit to make you aware of the bush burning on the side of your road. So it may be a signal in your body that you're not aware of. Maybe it's a pain in your lower back that you continually push away. An unexpected afternoon nausea. A twist in your gut when you hear a certain song. If, as I'm describing this, something jumps out to you, turn to the side and examine it by saying, here I am. Maybe it's a tension or a tenderness in your relationships. Someone you can't stop thinking about. 
If someone's face pulls to the forefront, turn to the side of your path and examine it by saying, here I am. Perhaps it's something from your environment, a song that's been stuck in your head, an image that you keep seeing everywhere, a smell that triggers joy or sorrow. If this strikes a chord, if it reminds you of something, turn to the side of the path and examine it by saying, here I am. Maybe it's an emotion, a fear that you can't shake, a worry that sits just under the surface, a newfound contentment that you haven't acknowledged. If something comes up in this area, turn to the side of your path and examine it by saying, here I am. It could be something in your mind, a persistent thought, an idea you dismissed because it seemed impossible. If this sounds familiar, something going on in your thought life, turn to the side of your path and examine it by saying, here I am. And as always, we pay attention to the spiritual realm. A common theme may be popping up in your Bible reading, a skepticism that you may be hesitant to bring to God, a worship song that has touched you deeply. If this rings a bell, turn to the side of the road and examine it by saying, here I am. As you continue to focus on your breath, bring your attention to whatever area stuck out to you. Remember that we covered body, relationships, environment, emotions, thoughts, and spiritual connection. With a sense of curiosity and reverence, Examine this phenomena, whatever it was that showed up in your mind. Our goal is not to solve the puzzle or crack the riddle, but rather to practice becoming aware of and present with our indicators. To nurture this sense of holy noticing. As you keep in your mind whatever it is that stuck out to you, 
and continue to notice it and be curious about it. The music will continue to play for five more minutes. So spend that time focusing on your burning bush, opening your heart to a God who promises to be present with us and to lead us gently.
Thanks for joining us today. If you're looking for show notes to follow up on any references we may have shared, you can find those in the episode description or by going to our website at www.thepausepodcast.com, where you can also find links to our social media, along with a handy guide to subscribing or leaving a review. Thanks for listening.